again to contextualize. It's Jim and AJ and Jim's munching on a granola bar. I just put so it I'm in my mouth. Talking. I was trying to take it so the wrapper wouldn't make noise, and then I was like, that's a lot to stick in my mouth. Yeah. Good afternoon. Yeah. Do we have a... Uh, Our a, sponsor? A, spon- or a, uh, a shout out? A shout out. That's right. The word is shout out. Maybe it's uh, it's spring. I don't know. What's your favorite outdoor venue to just sit at? Oh, um, I don't know. I don't know if I have an answer to that. Yeah, I don't know if we can give shout outs to. I was going to give a shout out to the concrete workers just because it's. Progress, man. Kirby is good, but. uh, Kirby looks really good. It's going to be fun. This is maybe, you know, if you want to get a shout out, just let us know. We'll we'll get you. That's what we'll do. That's what. (laughs) Yeah. We need a shout out. If you that, if you even text in the next twenty minutes, that that's not possible. Never mind. <laughs> this is not real recording. Okay, so I thought of a couple questions to get us started. Go ahead. So, getting to know your podcasters. Yep. AJ. Two questions. What's an odd fact about yourself, and what is a reason you love living in Johnson City? I'm I'm presuming you might love living here. Yeah. yeah. Or enjoy it. That's fair. Um, all right. So I've got. Two odd facts. One is that I can wiggle my ears. You can wiggle your ears? <laughs> so, that's fun. Not, this I, is not being video recorded. No, no, but y'all can just imagine how good it is. So I uh, I don't know how I've figured that out, though. You know, but I've, it's amazing. Since I was a kid, I can wiggle my ears. So. Um, so that's about me. And another kind of fun one that has a better headline than kind of the story underneath is that uh, we once had to drive across or from one continent to another in order to make it to the emergency room. Drive? Yeah. The Explain. Uh, subtext is we were in Istanbul where the continent, you know, it's, the city lies on two continents and so we really just had to drive 30 minutes across the city. <laughs> That's pretty is cool. all. But uh, yeah, for stomach bug related stuff. So, so fun times, it? but wow. uh, yeah, it's kind of fun to say we went from one continent to the other. So. Transcontinental yeah. medical care. <laughs> it was that wow. big of a crisis. Um, so yeah, that that there's my fun facts. Um, why, man? I don't know. That I I think I don't know if this is a cop out or what, but this is home. And it's not a cop out. That's awesome. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. Like there, I I, I think that there's there's so many things that I love about Johnson City, but I mean, this is, this has always been home. Do you for family, like, friends, places, yeah. every, you know, all that. With all the transplants or those people moving in, how do you feel about that? This has been home to you, but there's a lot of yeah. people choosing this area to become their right. future home. Yeah. I, I, and it's in changing some ways. <laughs> you know, ask me in 20 years and uh, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> how does the, but the city's changing even you know, not not exactly because of that city just changing anyway. So yeah, but I don't know. I like people. I like activity. I like things going on and changes. There's a happen, lot of activities so. here. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Good. yeah. I'm fine with outsiders coming in, <coughs> if that's fair. Yeah, so, as am I actually. Yeah. I mean, I am one. Yeah. So what about you? So the the odd fact that I thought our family has been discussing this, um, Christ community can probably sometimes tell. Which is embarrassing, but it is what it is. I sweat not by exertion. I sweat with passion. Uh huh. I can be sitting in a chair passionately yeah. working on something, and I realize I am yeah. perspiring big time. Yeah. 
I'm not doing anything with my body. Yeah. I'm just, it's passion. And which is why I, I will sweat more preaching than I do running many times. Like really? Probably not literally, or, but, but it, yeah, the, it feels that way. It yeah. does feel that way. So Man, I'm yeah, not a big sweat. Yeah. I'm not a big sweater in athletics. I mean, I'm enough of one, yeah. but not compared to what some right. people are. Right. right. And yeah. so that's just one of those things we were, the family, yeah. they all know it. Like it's just a discussion at home of I'm a passionate sweater. <laughs> Uh, and so I'm just coming to accept it. I'm still trying yeah. to figure it out. Yeah. Like, is it my yeah. age? Is it my diet? Or is it anyway? Have you, has it always been? I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Well, like that, maybe similar. I uh, if I'm teaching a class or leading a small group, I can't. Well, I shouldn't sit on a couch or chair. I need to sit in like a a chair that doesn't kind of envelop me in fabric because of the same thing. Okay. So I'll start sweating, get really hot if I'm on a couch leading a small group. That's fascinating. So no. if, if you ever bring a podcast chair in and say I'm sitting on the hard chair today, we're gonna it's gonna be <laughs> serious stuff. Right. This doesn't get too into. Yeah, and then okay. the reason I thought of the other question up? about Johnson City is I did just go on on lunchtime. I've got kind of a head cold, so I thought I'll just jog around. So it wasn't about pace. It wasn't about really where I went. I just wandered, and uh, I can be in. I bet I ran by ten people's houses. I know. Some are in our church. Some are not. Connected to the downtown. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and so like yeah. compared to like a town like Asheville or a big uh-huh. city like Knoxville yeah, or yeah. bigger than that, we're a very connected community. Right. And I also then love the fact that our connection yeah. is at the foot, foot of the mountains. Yeah. Right. So I just, I mean, I can say climate and all that stuff, but yeah. this is a perfect size town for Corey and me. Yeah. It's large enough to feel like, man, it is a place where ideas and cultural challenges are actually going to be in the public square played out here more than yeah. they are maybe just some small rural holler or something sure, like that. Right. And that's stimulating to me. Yeah. So it's also a strategic place of gospel ministry. Yeah. But I love that it's a connected town. Yeah. And so uh, a couple of the pieces, I ran by some pastor's houses of people who pastor churches. And it's just, it's just wild to think it's all that close. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's a, I mean, I live up the thing. interstate, but still pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love being here. It's pretty awesome. And it's, it's neat to feel that way on a warm spring day, uh-huh. which we haven't had tons yet. Yeah. So, anyway. Well, let's. Uh, this is a doozy of a text, so I thought we'd give happy questions as, to start as they all are, right? Because, whew, somebody recently told me they were catching up to our podcast, and I don't remember who it is, but they said, when are you going to finish 2 Samuel? And I, and a couple I, weeks? You know what? I think they were, they were binge listening. Oh, okay. And now they realize, this is a slow drip. yep i mean it's it's not many weeks from now though we're in chapter 20 and it's going to go to chapter 24 so it's we're definitely on the the latter portion here yeah major things happen to major characters like rapidly in these chapters yeah so absalom and his his coup has been put down david got a new commander amasa right he took the role of of joab and then at the end of right david had you know he deals with a couple individuals we talked about last time but the end of the last chapter, which really bleeds into this one, uh, David's coming back, and Israel and or Judah comes out to escort him back, but Israel gets upset about it. Right. And it's really, and there was no small argument, and Judah was fiercer. <laughs> they were fiercer they, than the words yeah. of Israel. It's just great. They're either angrier or they went to debate club. Yeah, this you know? is one not of how to settle arguments in your home, is have more fierce words. That's right. Like happens here. But uh, but it's that, that Israel-Judah friction that really leads us into chapter 20. Yeah. So the, the chapter, chapter 20 opens. Now, there happened to be there a worthless man 
whose name was Sheba, the son of Bichri of Benjaminite. He blew a trumpet and he says, again, he's talking to the Israelites. He says, we have no portion in David. We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Every man to his tents, O Israel. <coughs> and then Israel withdrew. They left. And then Judah escorts David back. Yeah, they, I mean, it's surprising they leave because they were just jealous that David didn't go to them. But this is what jealousy does. Yeah. Is it wants something for itself, and then as soon as that is not possible, right. or it's they, delayed. They, they lose it. They don't have it. Yeah. Push back. We don't want you anymore. Pull back. Cancel. Whatever. Yeah. Or you go there for. So that's what happens. Yeah. And it's, uh, we don't, I don't know, it's interesting that he's a Benjaminite, because uh, that's, Saul was a Benjaminite. That's right. Right. The previous king. Uh, that that could play into his sentiment, perhaps. I don't know. There, these, there's that, the facts of that, so Israel pulls back, and then it's only two verses. But what a stunning next description of what David does when he gets to Jerusalem. Yeah. So he takes the ten concubines, which yeah. we have to remember they have been just horrendously treated. Yeah. Paraded in front of Israel because of Absalom's wickedness. Yeah. And basically just sexual activity on the roof of the of the king's house. Yeah. For all to see, and it, at least the way I read it, I don't know how you read it, AJ, yeah. but it's a grievous sin that's compromised them, and David essentially takes them and puts them in a place of safekeeping. Uh-huh. He does not treat them like his concubines. No. They live the rest of their days out like they're widows in yeah. a in an environment of care, is what the way I read yeah. it. So, yeah. It's just <clears throat> small detail, but it's right. actually addressing an... Uh, a dark part of the story that uh-huh. needs resolution of some right, kind. Right, and it, I mean, it, you know, there's not a ton of words here, but it it does seem to me it seems like that David's seeking to do kind of a noble, treat them nobly. Yeah. Um, right. They're they're being well taken care of. They're they're going to live out as if they're widows, but it doesn't seem like that's an overly negative thing. Now I don't know. Somebody else may. No, but it's consistent. Yeah, I just was curious if he courted them off so they were outside of community. I Uh I don't read it that way. I read it it as these women have been broken. Right. And they're being ministered to with mercy by the king. It's kind of like they're they're brought back into his kind of greater house, but not back into being a concubine. They're not functioning in the role they had before. Status change. They're honorably retired and loved and cared for. Yeah. It reminds me of other times, though. David has shown since really 1 Samuel. When he intersects someone who needs mercy, mm-hmm. he gives mercy. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like his executing the kingly tasks of leadership and rule are ever, they don't, the, the need of the, the weaker and mm-hmm. the, it's not lost in there. Yeah. And I think All this right. is another example. Because yeah, he could have come in and said, okay, who was loyal to Absalom? Yeah. yeah. Who was involved in this debauchery? Right. And I'm going to exert my power. But instead, he goes right to those who've been hurt right. and wounded the most. And it's just a description of his care for them. That's the very first thing it says that he did when he got back to Jerusalem. And, I mean, and that's really the only thing we get of him apart from kind of the military action that he's getting ready to take. So it's, yeah, that is It's no profound. Word. I mean, I, we shouldn't get into too much, you know, easy parallelism because I don't think it's too easy. But what an instruction for the church, though. There are people that... You know, prodigals, people that, but they, what does it look like to see our, the opportunity we have to restore and care for those who Mm -hmm. need restoration and care? Yeah. And to not see it as something on the back burner. Yeah. Because the way the text presents it here, it's a, it's a first thing. It's a high priority for David. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point.
But he does have some things to address now. Yeah, and this, you know, it's, it's just an interesting thing about the big story that right, his sin brought this about in his family. Absalom has a coup. That, that coup's been addressed, but it's leading now into this broader division that's, that's beginning to show, show up. And so David talks to Amasa, who's his, his new commander, who, right, who replaced Judah, and he says, get the men of Judah together and meet me within three days. Uh, but, but he doesn't, I don't know, for whatever reason, uh, he does not make it in time. He doesn't get the troops together within that time. And so David speaks to Abishai, who's been one of his kind of top guys, uh, not the leader, but one of them, and says, go go after Sheba, um, or yeah, go after Sheba, um, who's kind of creating this division, because uh, this is going to be a problem. We, we need to deal with it you know, quickly. And so he goes after him. Abishai's just lingering. I mean, Abishai's brother is Joab, and his other brother was... Uh... Who died? As a hell. As a yeah. Yeah. So these guys are just hanging on. They're just around. So now you you suddenly have the brother of Joab, who has been replaced by Amasa, being asked by David to be the one who addresses something because of Amasa's delay. Yeah. Yeah, and they're they just take the uh, right David's men, right? The kind of the Amasa was to go get Judah, kind of the larger army, but he, he just gets the smaller Right. But in that, um, they get going, and then Amasa shows up in Gibeon, and then Joab enters the picture here. We've he's made there. Some, he is. <laughs> he's been hiding around some tree right? somewhere, and uh, he goes up, and we we kind of get this lead in that he's got a belt with a sword. The sword's out, but uh, Amasa doesn't see it. Joab says, "How is it with you, my brother?" He grabs his beard to kiss him, and then he stabs him. And, I mean, it's very graphic if you actually go look at it. I mean, stomach, entrails, there's not a second one. I mean, in a little bit, it's going to say that he's wallowing in his blood. I mean, it, it's a very graphic depiction that we get of Joab's murder of Amasa. So, how do you read this? Do you think Joab, I mean, we don't know everything. We know right. that Amasa was delayed in coming back with the men of Judah. Does this mean that... Joab believed that Amasa was going to be involved in some sort of pull away from David, or do you believe that Joab is jealous of Amasa because David appointed Amasa to be in his position when? Right. I mean, I, there's no, there's not a lot of motive That's, given here. Yeah, you just see, yeah. like Joab's like, I got this guy, and he does it by deceit. Yeah, I mean, jo- Joab has not been a man slow on the trigger. Well described. Right, <laughs> and so it's not like it's not shocking that he does this. I mean, we've seen him do similar things. Um, so it's not surprising in that way, but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's a the right move, the the noble move, the the God honoring move here. Um, but he, I mean, basically takes out the guy who took his job. That's right, and that's, that's what I'm wondering. Is like, it, we don't have a motive. We just know that it's hard to imagine David's not being concerned. Amasa's not come back, and Joab's yeah. got reason to be concerned too. And yeah. he just he just executes justice yeah. on his own. Yeah. So then you have. A scene of just how graphic, as you mentioned, everybody's stopping by. And so uh, Amasa's carried out of the highway and into a field and a garment's put over him just to, just nothing to see here right. anymore. Yeah. You know. And then all the, everybody follows Joab. So <laughs> he, I know. He takes him out and then he's, that's, he's, he's the new commander, um, just by coup, so to speak. And, uh. So then they they come to where Sheba's at in Beth Maaka, 
and uh, they start to lay siege. They've got ramparts. I mean, they're they're trying to tear this city down because that's where uh, she was at. She was at. And then we meet this wise woman, and she's fascinating. I think. So verse sixteen, this wise woman calls out from the city, "Hey, Joab, come here. Let me let me talk with you." Uh, let me, you know, hear the words of your servant. And she says, they used to say in former times, let them but ask counsel at Abel <coughs> where they're at. And so they settled the matter. Uh, I'm one of those who are peaceable and faithful. And it says, basically, you seek to destroy a city that is a mother in Israel. Will you swallow up this whole city for the sake of wanting to take down this one man? And so it's really a wise appeal. Like, Joab, you're going to demolish this whole city just to get one man. Do you think that there could be a better way? It's always good not to look at the guy who's kind of crazy and be like, dude, you're crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And she doesn't. Right. She totally appeals to his senses. Just like, hey, you don't want to... You're saying you're loyal to David here. I mean, yeah. you don't want to tear down everything that's important to David. Like right. the people he's called to be king over. And yeah. so, isn't there another woman who's appealed? Like, the, when the people were hiding in a pit? I mean, there's these ladies that show up. Ah, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I should have. I should have. Had, it was a couple podcasts ago. We were looking at a chapter, and the the men that were going to help David had to hide at somebody's house. And, oh yeah, in the well. In the well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I said pit. Yeah, yeah. But you just have these that. ladies yeah. show up, right? Often unnamed, right? And they just do major things that like are very, very much a part of the narratives turn or the narrative's movement forward. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's absolutely critical. And, uh, it, it I think similar to you, I, I thought back to judges and I mean, judges, there's a couple ladies who, who fill that role. Um, that's how, uh, Gideon's son of Imelech, right. He's, he's killed by a woman. And that's, you know, it's a big, big deal. Uh, kind of a shame for him who's such a warrior. And so she, you know, he, he makes it now. Well, we, we just want this dude, Right, he's he's against King David. We just want him. And she just said, "Behold, his head shall be thrown to you over the wall." Verse twenty-one. I know. Hang so, on. So back to the other, the judges one. You're talking like she's gonna graphically manage this. Okay, so yeah, is it Jael? Just curious. Is that the lady in Jael? Oh well, that, that's another one. Okay, I was just yeah. I'm trying no, to do Jael. Bible factoids here. Yeah, Jael like, is the one who drives the tent peg. The tent peg through yeah. Sisera or yeah. And I'm, I'm picturing people listening, and we know some of our listeners are driving on a tractor doing your chores, and others might be, I don't know, driving a school bus. I have no idea. <laughs> and, like, these are such convoluted stories. We have to yeah. kind of explain the story way more yeah. than we had in, uh, you know, Acts, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, what oh, the heck's yeah. going on here? Right. And now right. I realize that many aren't able to be reading as they follow along, and now we're throwing <laughs> out the names of other ladies who drove a peg <laughs> through someone's head. Right. Anyway. I hope you're having fun tracking with us because but, the details are so yeah yeah they're they're intentionally descript yes when it comes to some of the kinds of um i mean murders deaths just punishments yeah. depending on the story yeah that the scriptures are presenting to us because this is what actually happened right right when so. it says the the uh the woman went to all the people in her wisdom they cut off the head of sheba threw it out to joab he blows the trumpet everybody goes home and so I think, again, okay, details is what you mentioned. Here at the end of her story, 22, she goes to all the people in her wisdom. When we're introduced to her in verse 16, it says, then a wise woman called out. So her wisdom bookends this story. And I mean, it's, it's in the middle of it too, and just as we see her. But her, her acting in wisdom saved this whole city. 
Yeah. I mean, from, from Joab's destruction of it as he's trying to get. <coughs> and I think that's a massive, that's a, there are massive implications for that for us of how wisdom. And in the center of her argument, she actually has the promises of God to his people in her mind. Yeah. I think. When yeah. she talks about, will you swallow up the heritage of the Lord? Mm-hmm. Like that's what we are. Like yeah, I mean, that you good. could say that's going back to Second Samuel uh-huh. seven. You could say it's going back to Genesis twelve, the promise to Abraham. I mean, you have some real promise type language that this woman is leaning into in the covenant that God's made with His people. Yeah. So in her wisdom, she's leaning in the promises of God into the promises of God. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Surprise verse to me. Verse okay. 23. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joab, well, verse 22. Joab went back to Jerusalem to the king. Remember, the king sent Amasa to do a, a task. Amasa never comes back. And you wonder, like, does he get any of this word before Joab shows back up? Yeah, I know. Not? Does yeah. David know? Oh, hey, wait a second. You're not your brother, who I did send out. You're definitely not Amasa, who never came back. Hi, Joab. And Joab comes back with all the troops. United, and he's the commander. What? Just what a stunning verse. There is no testament or testimony, I guess I'd say, of the response David gives yeah, to yeah, Joab. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I expected right. Joab is not gonna. This isn't gonna go well for him because of how he's acted here. I mean, David's the one who appointed Amasa. Yep. Right. It was David's doing, um, and Joab's the one who killed Absalom. His, his son, you know, I mean, that you would think, I, I would have expected that, that there would be some sort of response here. We're just not told uh, what comes of that. But the, he, and he is he is the commander of the army. He continues in that role. So, Yeah, so you have this listing at the end of who's commanding who and doing what. Yeah. As they all come back to David. And, and I mean, it's, it's the commander of the armies. It's got who's the recorder, who's kind of managing the workforce uh-huh. of... Jerusalem, and then who's David's priest? Yeah, it's just this chronicling of names, basically yeah. to say. I think I think to the reader, it's saying order has been established yeah. again. Yeah, yeah. I was to say restoration. I mean, he, David's kingdom was threatened. His kingship was threatened. Uh, the people were threatened. People were like all, everything was up in the air. That's been handled now, right? The 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 kingdom is now administrated again by by David and his rule. Um, so he's back. So, what do we do with this? I, that's what I'm just. <laughs> I listen to most podcasts at one and a half or two speeds, so we can pause really long and don't feel <laughs> awful to me. But I don't want to pause too long because it. it but it is perplexing. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here staring at this, going, "What? Do, what do we do with this?" And yeah. I think one of the things that stands out to me, AJ, is in God's providence from the beginning of First Samuel to where we're at, almost toward the end of Second Samuel. The the Lord has preserved David. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the text gives us an abundance of details. It slows the story way down. Mm-hmm. Other times the text just flies over three years. Yeah, right. But in, right. The, in the center of it is the preservation of God's anointed and yeah. the people that the anointed is called to lead. Yeah. yeah. And there are dark times that in God's providence, there's going to be contamination inside the kingdom that's supposed to be pure. Yeah. I'm not comfortable with Joab right. and what he does here. Right. 
I don't get to see how David responds to Joab. That's yeah. not in the text. Yeah. But I know that the Bible is now summarizing that the kingdom is secure with David, God's appointed one, on the throne. Mm -hmm. And I think of the Gospels we're going through. Even we're still in Matthew 8 this Sunday. Mm -hmm. The passage just speeds up and slows down there, too, with Jesus as king. Yeah. And we don't see all the details of everything that happened in Capernaum. And, yeah. we, and now he moves to this place. We right. don't know about all right. the people that, yeah. you know, are... Are trying to decide if they're going to go with the scribes and Pharisees or with you know Christ and follow him as their as his disciples. It... Yeah. Well, I think one thing that we think of uh, while we're studying scripture, especially narrative, is there are times when we can look at the details, and we've even done that as we've gone throughout this passage. And those details may have a, a fantastic connection that helps us see Christ in that. I think there's other times when it's, it's you, you kind of zoom out and, and you really take the macro approach of how does this, kind of like what is this chapter, how does this chapter function in the whole story of David? And uh, I guess that's one thing I'm thinking of is that this is at the close of what's been this building rebellion and then kind of continuing rebellion here with Sheba. I mean, the, the kingdom is threatened to be divided, divided. under David's rule. Now that's we know that's going to come after Solomon. Like point. so, the kingdom will be divided. But I mean, for David, like he's he could lose half of his kingdom and have a civil war and you know that kind of strife. But he doesn't. Like <laughs> there, there's a season where that's looming, but the Lord restores here that that unity amongst the people. I think that's a, a profound thing. Yeah, and that I think that can help us see. The unity of God's people under Christ. Yeah. Right? And that, that we're not. Well, Christ I, doesn't have a divided kingdom. He is, no, no. And can I give the kingdom. flip side of it too? Yeah. The battle for unity, I'll just call it that, is really ugly when sin exerts itself among yeah. the people. Yeah. Because if you go back to 1 Samuel and the people ask for a king, God says, you don't need another king. I'm king. But he gives them what they want. The role of the king was to protect them from the enemies around them. Right, right. That was one of the things they asked for. We want to be like the other nations, and the Philistines are attacking us. It's been a while. It's been a minute since the issue is with Israel's enemies. Yeah, yeah. The issue, as you're, this whole point you're making, yeah, it's, it's not internal. just a divided kingdom. It's the king's house because of the sin of David with Bathsheba and just sort of the, uh -huh. the consequence of those actions. Uh -huh. It's the battle for power between the different tribes who yeah. all have the same promise of God for the same inheritance with yeah. the same king. Right. So yeah. I think that's a parallel, too, of when the disunity surfaces. Yeah. The battle inside the household of God can get really ugly, mm -hmm. and it's very painful. Yeah. And it is glorious when God intercedes to preserve his church. Yeah. Because in some level, the pain, the trial, is much worse if the internal strife gets out of hand than it is thinking about the world outside the church not liking the church. Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yeah. It is nothing as painful as uh -huh. some of what we've been seeing in this. Yeah. You know. Totally. So I think it's both sides. Yeah. I see here. Yeah. It's good. Mercy. Alright. Anything else? No. I mean you you all should see AJ and I when we when we read, I'm learning something from AJ. You you walk and read, don't you? That's not an odd fact. <laughs> Get, get, get the blood moving. Yeah. So AJ's often walking around reading. And so we saw each other and he's like, this is a crazy chapter. But I feel like it's like rinse repeat from the previous time. <laughs> and we're walking around reading this, getting ready for a podcast. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like what happens? Yeah. It probably just keeps going. So 
we'll do it again next week. So, we'll but the Lord is good. He preserves His people, and uh, we can celebrate that long-term evidence of His preservation historically mm-hmm. and the promises of it eternally. So.